Nearly a decade ago, I found myself filling the hours by listening to podcasts while my husband, Brooks, was training with the U.S. Army. Walking the streets of our Army post, I dreamt of creating something for women that bridged that gap between sermon audio and small talk. It was on the floor of my tiny closet on post that that very dream, the Dream for the Journey Women podcast, came to fruition in June of 2017. And today, by God's grace, Journey Women is now a not-for-profit ministry with the aim of moving women to know and love God more. Our monthly and one-time givers help make our mission possible. If you'd like to support the work that we do, you can make a tax-deductible donation by visiting journeywomen.org forward slash give. Thank you for investing in the work of Journey Women. Welcome to the Journey Women Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Belis. Life's a journey we were never meant to walk alone. We all need friends along the way. On the Journey Women Podcast, we'll chat with mentors about gracefully navigating the seasons and challenges we face on our journeys to glorify God. On today's episode of the Journey Women Podcast, I'm chatting with Nana Dulce about growing in godliness. We talked about everything from when we could see traces of our own desire to grow in godliness to what or better yet, who sustains our sanctification today. The only problem with this interview is that the entire thing is quote-worthy. I wanted to copy and paste almost everything that Nana said into the intro. But here's one snippet to give you guys a taste of what's to come. So remembering the one who bled for me, who died for me, who resurrected for me, who ascended for me, who's interceding for me, who has prayed for my sanctification, Jesus prayed for my sanctification. First Corinthians says that he, that he is my sanctification. So the one who has achieved all of that for me, when I hear passages like that of keeping my eyes on him so that I please him, it motivates me to run. Y'all are going to be fist pumping, dancing, running around excited about what God did for us through our justification and what he continues to do in our sanctification every single day. Nana also speaks to those of us, like myself, who sometimes feel like we're watching grass grow when it comes to growing in godliness. She said, If all you're doing is limping limp, maybe there are some people who are running, or maybe there are seasons in which you're running, and other seasons you're crawling. Whatever it is, persevere. Man, I'm so thankful to be dancing, crawling, limping, and running with you guys, even at a distance. I cannot wait to share this conversation with Nana, so let's dive in. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. I'm so thankful to get to chat with you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on. Thank you so much. And thank you for your good work. It's um, it's awesome, the interviews you have. So thank you for that. Oh, man. Well, I'm hopeful. (laughs) I usually am recording in my closet at home in Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Mm. And today's a little different, Nana. I have made the journey to Dallas, Texas, and (laughs) I'm in my in-laws house, and I really have no idea what's going to go on behind the door, outside (laughs) the door uh, from the guest bedroom right now. So hopefully we don't have any like cats or dogs like barking or I don't know, scratching in the background. So yeah. (laughs) Where are your kids with your hubby? No, actually. So he is at work. So he's on staff for church. So really hours of the day, any kind of hours he he could be working, but the kids are upstairs. My girls are six and four now. Oh, that's uh, nice. The Lord is blessing their little hearts in, in obedience So they're going to stay upstairs. They're eating their dinner upstairs. They're going to play. And, um, and yeah, so it's, it's been encouraging to see how they're growing. That is encouraging. I have a, a currently a three and a one-year-old. And so (laughs) sometimes I cannot imagine those days. Yes, it will come. I was there. So yeah. Oh, wonderful. Okay. Well, I would love for you to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. I met you through the internet on your blog, motherhoodandsanctity.com, mm-hmm. which is excellent. Mm-hmm. And you've oh. done quite a bit of writing for different publications. So I'd love to hear about your personal life as well. Sure. So I, I'm a wife. Uh, I mentioned my husband, Eric, who is uh, the director of discipleship, the traditional Black Baptist church in Southeast Washington, D.C. Okay. Um, and we've been here. So we've been married. It would be 10 years in August. Mm. Uh, so, I, so I've been. You Congratulations. Know, oh, yeah. Uh, so I've been at the church where he serves for, for 10 years. We have two daughters, age six and four. 
who are homeschooled. So many of my my days are just with my girls. Yes. <laughs> girls my, yeah, I call it my Deuteronomy, you know, five days just sitting and walking and, you know, uh, rising up and just you know, commending the Lord to them throughout totally. the day. Um, and then I teach, I am, I, I have the pleasure of teaching the women. So I'm part of the discipleship ministry of okay. our church, teaching women and children. And so, yeah, my days are pretty simple, but they're full. They're yes. full with good things and good work. And, um, and I'm totally. thankful to the Lord for that. And you have yeah. your master's from I Palmer do. Theological Seminary, right? I do. That's right. And how did you and your husband meet? Because I read online that you're originally from Ghana, correct? Yes, that's right. So yeah, I was born in Ghana. I came to the United States when I was 10. Okay. Oh, actually, I was nine. It was it was a little bit before I was 10. Wow. And and so yeah, I've been in this area. I've been okay. in the DC metro area for I as long DC. as I've been in the States. Yes. Um, but I was in Philly for two years uh, getting that degree. So I okay. met my husband right before I moved to Philadelphia. We were introduced by uh, a couple that knew me from church and knew him from uh, from the wife's work. They used to work uh-huh. together. So they, they said, you have to meet this man and he loves the Lord and all the good things. So I met him and yeah, so we were good friends throughout my seminary career. And then we got married like a couple months after I graduated. Oh, that's so wonderful. Well, tell me what inspired you to go to seminary. I would love to go to seminary and I just yes. love to hear like women, Absolutely. what drew you to that? Yes, I would love to go back to seminary, actually. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I graduated from the University of Maryland at College Park and was working for a great nonprofit, loved the work that I was doing, but kind of started thinking if I could do anything right now with, hmm. with my time, with my money, with my mind, what would it be? And it hmm. would be and at, at that time for me and hopefully and still is um, it was just studying studying God's word. Mm. So I spoke with my pastor at the time and he recommended me to, to that school and I quit my job and decided to go full time. I would love to go back. I would love to go back to seminary. I think, um, you know, I had a good experience, but yeah. if, I, if I was to go back, it would probably be to a different place and it would probably be a more focused kind of biblical theology. Yes. Well, I was just at the Gospel Coalition Women's Conference. Yes, I was too. Oh my goodness. I wish I would have known to look for your face. That's so I went to, you know, there's just so many wonderful options online for anyone listening, because I went to um, Melissa Kruger's breakout with Michael Kruger and there, you know, he's the president of reformed theological Mm -hmm. seminary in North Carolina, and they have over half of their degree program online for free on their app. So yeah, I'm like, okay, we can do this, Nana, from from a distance. (laughs) Yeah. So my husband actually goes to our T.S. Washington. Oh, that's um, wonderful. And, uh, yeah, so so you probably already knew that. Stand. Yeah. That's uh, well, really so cool. I think, yeah. So if you're, if you're a spouse is there, I think you can, you know, the other spouse yeah. can really audit for free. Uh, it's just hard the balancing child with care. the kids. Yes, but, absolutely yeah. difficult. But I have watched a couple classes online and it's just so cool right. that there are, you know, seminaries that are making that content available to those of us who want to learn. Obviously, you sure. can't get like the sure. certificate or anything, absolutely. but still, it's just really, it excites me that we can learn for, even from home. So absolutely. I share that passion. It's really cool to hear that from yeah. you. And today I really wanted to hear from you kind of your process of sanctification, of, mm-hmm. you know, becoming more and more like Christ. And so I'd love for you just to kind of go back, Nana. And Mm -hmm. even before that time, when you're desiring to go to seminary and learn, Mm -hmm. you know, all about scripture, like when did you first start to see kind of your own desire to Mm -hmm. actually grow in godliness? Yeah. Um, So that question takes me to late summer 2001. Hmm. So I was a 19 year old that summer and I the, you know, the picture I see in my mind is me on my knees in my room crying out to the Lord. Mm. Um, so I had always professed Christ. I grew up in a family that I think we were, for the most part, probably just culturally Christian. So, yeah. we, you know, we went to church, did, you know, pray, did all of those things. But I know for myself uh, that I really had no actual affection for the Lord. Um the Bible was more of a chore. It was a duty. It was something I knew I had to study as a Christian, but I didn't understand it. And I didn't really have a desire for it. And most people would have looked at me as a, as a good girl. I think had external righteousness. Um, I had, you know, got good grades, help with my, my brothers and sisters. I dressed modestly. I didn't drink. I didn't smoke all of those things checked off, but there was no actual 
actual desire for the Lord, no actual love for him. Um, And so it was that summer that I think for the first time I recognized that there was a righteousness that God uh, demanded, that there was a righteousness Mm -hmm. that he required of me that I could not meet no matter how hard I tried. And so I cried out to him. And I remember saying as that 19 year old girl, Lord, if you don't do this, it won't be done. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And so that really was the day of my salvation. I was different after that day. I was different after that prayer. Um, I went back to campus as a college, as a sophomore that year, and I had I was I would do my homework to get it out of the way so I could read the Bible. Mm. So the Bible was like my treat. I would eat it up. I would I was hungry for God's word. I was hungry for God's people. Um, freshman year, I had almost no Christian friends, even though I was a professing believer. Um, I went back that. Uh, sophomore year and was craving for Christian fellowship, was looking for Bible studies, looking to connect with people. Um, And so if I have to trace back to when my desire to Mm. grow in godliness began, it began that day as that 19-year-old girl Mm. crying out to the Lord for godliness, for, for a holiness that I could not achieve on my own. So it began with the day of my conversion. Mm. Yes. Praise God. Life is crazy sometimes, and finding time to sit down and read the Bible can be difficult. That is why I love Dwell. When I can't find time to read the Bible, I can listen to it. The voices reading the Bible are soothing. They're not your normal narrators. Plus, you can choose calming background music and adjust the pace of the narrator's voice to get things just right. Dwell's newest release is called Dwell Daily, a fresh, thoughtfully crafted devotional that immerses you in the word, allowing you to pray it, meditate on it, and so much more. If you're looking to deepen your engagement with the Bible this year, Dwell Daily is worth checking out. I cannot recommend Dwell enough to help you orient your mind to the life-giving word of God throughout your day. Go to dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen for your 25% discount to subscribe and spend time in God's Word. I always love hearing how God just like wrecks people with His grace like that. It is just the best thing, mm-hmm. no matter what mm-hmm. someone's story is like, mm-hmm. whether they've grown up having lived a quote unquote, you know, stereotypical good life or not. Right. I, I think even sometimes it seems more miraculous to me that God would save us from ourselves in that instance. So right. it's just really, it's really cool to hear that. And Nana, I would love you to help make the distinction. Like, what is the difference between sanctification, which is what we're talking about? today mm-hmm. and being justified by God, that point of mm-hmm. salvation that you described. Sure. To give a more kind of, I guess, crisp definition. So sanctification yeah. uh, is the process by which those who are declared righteous are made, progressively made holy. Hmm. And so what's really great about that is that sanctification doesn't begin until you are already declared righteous, Mm. uh, which is a glorious truth, right? So on on those days when we are very much aware of our weaknesses, it's good to remember that you are already declared righteous and you're declared righteous, you're justified or you're saved on the basis of someone else's righteousness. It's on the basis of Jesus's righteousness, his perfect active obedience his sinless life, his his death on the cross, his resurrection, Jesus achieves our justification. So justification begins before you're actually justified. We are born as cold, dead, mm-hmm. spiritually dead sinners. And a dead person can do anything but, but be dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and God in his grace and in his mercy by his spirit awakens us to life. So the spirit of God enables our cold hearts to to come to life. And we are made aware of, so that 19 year old girl who tried so hard to to be good, uh, could not do it because she was spiritually dead. So God waking my heart Mm -hmm. to see the offensiveness of my sin, to really desire to hate it and to turn to uh, an affection towards him and to desire him that was regeneration. That was God opening my eyes to, to come to life. 
and then enabling me to repent, to turn from sin and to turn to him, giving me saving faith to believe. So God didn't believe for me, but he enabled my heart to believe and to turn to him. And then at that moment, he declared me justified on the basis of what of what Jesus had done. Mm-hmm. Girl, you're making me think of Ezekiel 37. I'm just over here, yes. Valley of Dry Bones. Absolutely. If you haven't read it, go check it out. <laughs> Absolutely. Just breathe on that dry bones, brought it to life. Yeah. Um, so justification is different from sanctification in that justification is a work that God does alone. A dead person doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, a dead person is just dead. So justification is, is God's work alone. But sanctification, in sanctification, sanctification follows justification. So in sanctification, you are now alive. You are a living person. And so you are able to cooperate with God. Uh, And so what he has declared you to be righteous positionally because of Jesus's righteousness, he then in a practical, progressive way helps you to walk that which he's declared you to be. And it's a process that you cooperate with him in. And so a core difference between justification, God's work alone, and sanctification is that we actually cooperate in that process. Mm. But we never want to think, okay, so God does half the work in sanctification. We do the other half of the work in sanctification. The reality is that the provision or the power that sustains and enables our mm-hmm. ongoing sanctification is a work that is still completely God's work. Yes. He will complete the work that he has started in you. Absolutely. And so my one of my favorite verses in remembering that is Philippians 2, 12, mm. 13, where we're told to work out our soul salvation. Yes, with fear and trembling. Uh, because he works in you. God works in you to will and to work. So without him working in you to will and to work, you would not will or work. Yes. So, yeah, he is the power that enables and sustains our sanctification, the process of making us look more like Jesus, conforming us to the image of the one that by his work, we're declared righteous. And so God is the power for it. But at the same time, we are responsible for cooperating with him in that work. I think that can be really confusing for people because there, you know, there's those times, there's different seasons of our walk with God where sometimes we just feel so empowered by God and it Mm -hmm. just, it feels almost effortless. And then there's other seasons in which we really feel like we're having to kind of grind it out. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Talk to me about that. Like, how does God's spirit work in us so that we might progressively work out the fruit of our justification, as you described, Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. ways that make us look more like Jesus? And yet God is still the one accomplishing all the work in us. Yeah. So, you know, the Holy Spirit is called the Holy Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because the focal point of his work is this process of making believers holy, progressively, mm. look more like Jesus. That's so um, good, so, Nana. I've never thought about that. Yes. So there's a quote that I came across that I, I thought would be helpful for us. is by Martin Lloyd-Jones. And okay. it's actually quoted in um, Pursuit of Holiness. Yeah. Bridges. So Lloyd-Jones says that, he says this, he says, uh, the Holy Spirit, it it is the Holy Spirit who differentiates Christianity from morality, from legalism, Mm. and false puritanism. Hmm. So I think that that, I think this is helpful in really helping us to understand the Holy Spirit's work in our justification. Because justification has so much to do with outward behavior, like how we live as Christians, the the evidence of our justification being shown in our daily kind of decisions and obedience and and, and walk, because it's so like externally focused, we can almost confuse it or uh, associate it somehow with moralism or yeah. with spirituality or with like legalism or with, you know, pharisaicalism uh, type of thing. But I think what we have to remember is that God is after a people who he desires to love him mm-hmm. with all our mm-hmm. hearts, with all our soul, with all our might, with all our strength. He's after a heart level love and affection for him that is evidenced in our Mm -hmm. behavior. And that is what the Holy Spirit does. So the Holy Spirit's job, when we become, um, when we're justified, right? 
uh, Jesus says in John 14, like that whole discourse from John 14 to John 17, when he's close to his death and he's telling the disciples how he's going to send this helper to them. He's going to send this advocate. He calls him the spirit of truth. He says, I will not leave you as orphans, but I will send you a helper, an advocate, the spirit of truth who will indwell you when you're justified. You're indwelled by the Holy Spirit, and his mission is to make you really a good tree who bears good fruit. So Mm -hmm. he's after the heart-level transformation of the believer. Um, And so Jesus says in that same discourse in, in John 16, 7 and 8, that the Spirit will convict you of sin and righteousness. So he convicts us of not just what we do that's wrong, sin, but he also convicts us of righteousness, what we ought to do that is good. Mm. Um, and so the spirit of God is working inside of us to convict us of sin and righteousness. And the primary means that he uses for that work is the word of God. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that same passage, John 17, 17, Jesus prays for our sanctification. And he says, Father, sanctify them mm-hmm. by your word. Your word is truth. And so the Holy Spirit uses the word of God, which is truth. So when we're listening to to sermons, expositional teaching of scripture and preaching of scripture, when we're studying scripture, when friends are encouraging you or challenging you with, with the word of God, the Holy Spirit is enabling your eyes to see the truth of it. He is pointing out places in which there's contradiction in you. Um, as you're hearing that truth and he's convicting you of sin and of righteousness and then giving you the power, enabling you to repent, to turn. Praise God. It, it makes me think of the um, the verse in Hebrews 4 verse 12, where, you know, it's talking about how the word of God is living and it's active yes. and how it pierces the division of soul and spirit of joints yes. and marrow. Like yes, 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 there yes. is nothing like that. I was just talking to my sister about that last night and she's just got a renewed hunger for God's word and hearing her describe the difference between listening to kind of motivational teaching or yes. inspirational speaking versus is like you were saying, expositional teaching, which means teaching that's um, going verse Mm -hmm. by verse through scripture or getting into the word herself. She was like, man, God is using this to change me. And that is exactly what happened for me, Nana. Like I had a really similar experience. I remember in high school setting aside my Bible because I felt conviction when I read the word of God and I Mm -hmm. wanted to be liked by people around me. So I thought to myself, I can't continue to read this uh, this book and act the way that I'm wanting to act to be accepted mm-hmm. by the people that I want to be accepted by. And I set it aside. Sadly, it's like one of the greatest tragedies of my life for that four yeah. year period of time, except for on Sunday mornings. And then my senior year of high school had a really similar experience to you where I just began to cry out mm. to the Lord. And it was literally either I am going to be all in or all out. And it's just so kind of the Lord to see how he drew me near to his heart through the word. And I just look back (laughs) on the last 11 years of my life and think, wow, like the spirit has changed me so much to the point of where I went back to my 10 year high school reunion recently. And I'm sure they're like, this is a totally different person that we interacted Mm -hmm. with. And it's only been a decade, but it's tremendous to see uh, what the Holy Spirit can do. Yeah, definitely. So what is it that motivates us to continue growing in godliness? Like if somebody's listening and they feel kind of like I did, uh, Mm -hmm. maybe my freshman year of high school and they're kind of on the fence thinking, I'm just, I'm not convinced that it's worth it, that it's worth laying aside um, the things of this world to to follow Jesus. Like what's a motivator Mm -hmm. to continue growing in godliness and where do we find the power to actively combat sin in our lives? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the scriptures are filled with motivation for believers in in pursuing and growing in godliness. There's tons of passages, but I think what I what I want to focus on is uh, for this particular question is uh, my, scriptures that tend to stir my heart, that tend to motivate me to pursue sanctification. Mm. So I think first of all, a key motivation is just the gospel itself. Right? Yes, well, yes. Yeah, I mean, like that's just. Tell us, how does the gospel motivate you in this? So, uh, so when you rem- so I think we really, really do have to believe that, man, I could not do this. I could not yes. 
meet the standard of God's righteousness on my own. Um, I think that, you know, my particular story and how God bring, brought me to himself helps me to remember that. Cause I, re- I, I remember that young lady who had no power, who mm-hmm. had no joy, mm-hmm. who had no ability. So reminding myself of the truth that the only way that I've mm-hmm. been adopted into the household of God is because God saw me and said, she is mine, mm-hmm. that he foreknew me, that he predestined me, that he called me, that he enabled me, opened my eyes to repent of sin and believe, and that the righteousness that I have is not my own, but is Jesus's. And so remembering that passages like second Timothy two, two to five, that talks about suffering like a good soldier of Jesus Christ, um, who is not entangled in civilian pursuits, but whose aim is to please her commander. So remembering the one who bled for me, who died for yes. me, who resurrected for me, who ascended for me, who's interceding for me, who has prayed for my sanctification. Jesus prayed for my sanctification. First Corinthians says that he that he is my sanctification. So the one who has achieved all of that for me, when I hear passages like that, of keeping my eyes on him so that I please him, it motivates me to run. Uh, you know, other passages like 1 Corinthians 3, 12 to, to 15, that talks about how our work as believers, so we are not going to stand in the same judgment that, that non-believers will, and yet God will weigh our works. There will be a, an assessment of what we have done. And the scripture says that what we've done will be t- will be tested, and 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 it will it will be revealed to either be to be hay or stone or precious metal, and that there is there's a reward for that. Um, and so even when I think about the rewards that Christians will receive for 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 our work, right? Mm-hmm. My desire is to is to cast that at the yes. feet of, of Christ, knowing that even our rewards are wrought by the Spirit. Uh, that it is through the in- intercession of our high priest, that is through the, the work of, of God who is able to keep us from falling. Um, and so there's a desire. There's a desire to please him. Uh, there's a desire to boast of him. So those motive, th- those kind of passages motivate me as yes. I think of, you know, the one who has achieved my who, you know, my positional yes. righteousness is is achieved for me by Christ. And there's a desire to please totally. I keep my eyes upon him. Well, it's like you're working from a place of rest, like you're able to rest in Christ's work. And then that motivates you to also kind of partner with him in the work of sanctification. Mm-hmm. I would love to hear from you. What is the danger in mm-hmm. giving ourselves too much credit in this yeah. process? Um, I think the danger is probably legalism or yes. self-righteousness yes. or a works-based righteousness, which actually... Hunter, I have to say that I'm kind of prone to that. So, so am I. Actually, yeah. <laughs> so it depends on, on the kind of personality that you have. Mm-hmm. So I am one of those people who loves to make her lists. Um, I can struggle with the idol of achievement and with the idol of accomplishment. I wake up in the I wake up in the morning and I give my girls our schedule for the day. And I <laughs> I try my best to stick to it. And so they they've learned to you know, when they wake up, they're like, mommy, what's the schedule for today? Um, <laughs> and we're doing this, this, and then this, and then this, and then we end it this way. So, um, so I have all of that. And if it doesn't, you know, if it doesn't yeah. work out, if something doesn't work out, then I feel like, man, what, what did I do with this day? I haven't accomplished something. I haven't achieved something. So I'm, I'm definitely one of those people who, who loves to do things um, and who loves to be able to point to, to the outcome of my labor yes. and say, this is what my hands yeah. have achieved. Um, and so yeah, I tend to, I tend to bend towards pharisaical aspect of things. The older brother, if you will. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm so the older I'm, brother. I am too. I yes. am so completely the, the rule follower. Oh, man, I read something by Sinclair Ferguson today that is, I think, helpful to me in this. And so what he said was that Christ has freed us. He has freed you mm. from that, from the enslavement of trying to achieve a righteousness that you cannot, mm. of trying to please God by your own efforts. He's actually freed you from that. You are declared as righteous. So so you kind of re-yoke yourself mm-hmm, back to mm-hmm. if you lose sight of that. Um, and so sanctification, 
really, really, I just want to make it clear that the process of sanctification does not begin until you're already declared as righteous. Mm-hmm. You're already declared as righteous. And then the spirit gives you, enables you, strengthens you, empowers you to then walk in the way that in, in uh, walk progressively and practically in what you've already been, been declared to be. Uh, so yes. the father's pleasure is in you. The father's pleasure in you is based on what the son has done. Mm. It's based on what the son has done. So you can rest in that. Yes. And he's able to keep you and he will accomplish that which he has begun. That's such a freeing thing for both the older and the younger brother, because I totally think that spiritual pride is, you know, something that those of us who struggle with the older brother list making tendencies, we've got our word of the year, we've right. got all the things and ways in which we want to grow, we've got all the verses we want to memorize and all the things written down. And then I think on the other side, if somebody gives themselves too much credit, they could just be despairing and think, I can never do this. And yeah. there, thereby, I'm going to give up, Oh, absolutely. you know, and I just think like you're saying the gospel meets us both. And I, man, I'm thinking about my own process of sanctification, Nana. And I'm like, so much of that comes about just from remembering the gospel. Like that's the way that I push back against that Pharisee and my own heart, just saying you did nothing to deserve any of this. And that actually, that some people might hear that and they think, oh, but you did do, you know, like, don't take away any credit from yourself, but you're like, no, it is such a freeing reality to embrace that and to just like, Yeah. Hug on to that reality of like, oh, in and of myself, I have absolutely nothing that could ever make me approvable or worthy or righteous before God and Mm -hmm. only Christ and what he has done to me and for me on my behalf puts me in the position where I can even communicate with God. And that's just such a freeing thing. So I, I rejoice in that. And I think a lot of my own sanctification has come about in remembering that. So can we kind of move into that practical space? Like, what does this actually look like for you on a daily basis? Because I think we've been up in the clouds, like talking about, you know, mm-hmm. what God mm-hmm. has done for us and what he's doing to us. And then I, I just can't help but think of the people listening like, okay, so what does this mean for mm-hmm. us? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely. One of the things I, um, I noticed began happening after I was saved I would realize a sin or something that I would do that hadn't had never bothered me before. Mm. Um, And it could be the smallest thing. If I explained it to somebody, they may actually help me in justifying it or excusing it away. But I would notice that, man, it could be the smallest thing. Like even if it wasn't a complete lie, but I stressed something here and there or exaggerated something, um, I would be convicted or I would, I would, it would come to my mind and there would be a desire to pray about it in a way that had never happened before. Um, and so from that 19 year old, all the way to the almost 37 year old, um, there's been definitely this walk of noticing things in myself and being kind of motivated or encouraged to pray about it. And whenever I'm praying about something mm. new, I know, okay, the Lord is, is going to be is starting to work on this issue in my life. But, you know, one of the things that I'll say is that our hearts, you know, the scripture talks about how our hearts are deceitful mm-hmm. and who can know it, right? Who can understand our hearts? They're beyond, is beyond cure. And I think that that's definitely true. And I've noticed that even in myself, there there are things in my heart that um, I may not even be aware of that the Lord desires to to kind of get rid of. Um, and so for me, that really does happen when I'm listening to God's word. Or yes, when I'm, yes. Give, you know, I mean, this is this is a question where we want to be very kind of practical. So I can give you an example of that. We mentioned how we were both at the Gospel Coalition Conference. Um, and so I wasn't going to go this year to the TGC conference. And it happened that it worked out for me to go. And the Lord really provided for me to go. So I went and I went excited. I knew it was going to be rich. I knew it was going to be good. Um, and Hunter, as every plenary speaker gave that word, even though they all had very distinct messages yeah, um, and they all you know, preached from different portions of Deuteronomy. Right. The, the prevailing message that I kept hearing is Nana, this rebel heart really is you. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So 
without even knowing it, very slowly but surely, I think I had gotten to a place where I felt um, entitled to certain things. I felt entitled to to certain um, assignments or certain positions yeah. or certain, um, you know, like I, I can do this. And so I need to be in this position, even to the point of maybe not realizing I was doing it, but I think I was maybe even accusing God of wrongdoing because I I felt deserving of something. Um, And I think as every single plenary speaker taught, I became aware of my rebel heart, of my not wanting God for him, him not being enough for me, but wanting him and then other things Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this conference really broke me. I cried a lot, but What was awesome about it, you know, speaking very practically about how sanctification works for me, is that when the Spirit convicts me of sin, when He points out as I listen to God's Word, places in my heart where I'm wrong, it doesn't often leave me in despair. Mm -hmm. So if I was broken, I was crying, I was seeing my rebellious heart, there was a sense in which I felt so loved by the Father. I felt loved by, so, you know, the Scripture talks about how the the spirit convicts us of sin and righteousness, but he also uh, calls out this Abba Father. You know, this, yeah. this idea of we we are the children of God. He testifies or he confirms to us that we belong to God. And it was this simultaneous conviction of sin. Like I've been wrong in some of the things I've been thinking, but I am not forsaken by the Father. I am not left as an orphan. I am loved by him. So I was corrected and yet loved at the same time in a way that drew me close to him. Um, so I left closer. I left mm-hmm. more affection for mm-hmm. God. I left more affection for my father. Totally. Yeah. So it reminds me of Ephesians 1 that says that mm. before the foundations of the world, right, he chose us in him. Uh, that we should be holy and blameless. And it goes on to say that all of this is for the praise of his glorious grace. And so when we are exposed as people who are saints and yet still sinners, and when we are convicted to repent and draw nearer to him, it should lead us to praise him. It should lead mm-hmm. us to praise him. Mm-hmm. Helps us not to take the credit for ourselves. Totally, that godly sorrow that produces yeah. within us a repentance that leads to salvation without regret. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes. oh, thank you, God. Thank you for revealing this to me. Although it be hard to see the nastiness of my sin, like I, I find that when I walk forward in repentance and confession, there yeah. is always so much freedom in walking in the light. And if anybody's listening and they're feeling that little prick right now, I just encourage you to do that with one of your sisters or with your spouse or whoever it is that you know you need to walk in into the light with. What encouragement do you have for somebody who feels like they may they may be taking steps back in their yeah. sanctification? You know what I mean? Oh, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. I do. Um, and so I'll say here, I lo- so I love R.C. Sproul, right? Mm-hmm. I, I call him my theological grandfather, and I know <laughs> he'll be missed. <laughs> so, so one of the things that he says, he has a book called um, Everyone's a Theologian, which I it'll be one of my recommendations for this okay. conversation. But I love that book because it is so short. I mean, it's not, the, the whole book itself is not short. It's filled with systematic theology, but the chapters yeah. are super short. They're like no more than five pages. And oh, you're like, RC, you were thinking of moms. Thank yes, you. Yes. Yes. This, this book is, is a systematic theology book for mothers. I promise you. <laughs> Perfect. But in the ch- So in the chapter for sanctification, he starts out by saying, here he is writing on sanctification and he is, well, when he was alive, obviously, he is partially sanctified, right? He's not, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we teach on sanctification mm-hmm. as people who are not fully sanctified and we won't be on this side. And so all of us, none of us, until we see the Lord, until we are ultimately sanctified, glorified in his presence, we will fall, fall short of it. And uh, so so in one of his teachings, he gives the, the illustration of uh, Roman soldiers who, when they killed a comrade, uh, they would tie the corpse to that person. So they would tie this corpse to this living person who has killed a fellow soldier. Um, and, 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 and seeing that picture as kind of what Paul describes when he talks about how 
in Christ, we died to sin. So, you know, we consider sin to be dead. And yet there's still this old man that's tied to us. Um, and so we are no longer controlled and mastered by that old man. We're no longer controlled and mastered by sin. And yet the presence of sin remains, right? And so so we have those days where even though Christ is, you know, we're, we're slaves now to righteousness, we're not slaves to sin, but there is still the presence of this decaying, yes. very stinky <laughs> old man <laughs> that is there that, that we live with. Um, yeah. And there are days when it is hard. Mm-hmm. There are days when it's hard. So so here's encouragement for that sister, mm-hmm. that brother who's listening, right? So this is from um, John Calvin's little book on Christian life. He I says love this, that book. Yeah. He says, of course, none of us is capable of running swiftly mm. on the right course while we remain in the earthly confinement of our bodies. Indeed, most of us are so oppressed with weakness that we make little progress, staggering, limping, and crawling on the ground. Yet, let us move forward according to the measure of our resources and pursue the path we have begun to walk. None of us will move forward with so little success that we will not make some daily progress in the way. Mm. And when I read that, I highlighted it. And I was like, is that true, though? Like, is that true, John Calvin? Is it true that none of us, uh, so he he says this, he says, none of us will move forward with so little success that we will not make some daily progress in the way. So I had to ask myself, do I make some daily progress Mm. every day? Mm. And there's days I don't feel like I've made yeah. some daily yeah. progress. There's some days where most of the day I have been messing up. Yeah, yeah girl. Shouting on my children. Just not, it's not pretty. It's not pretty. Um, but then I remember, even if what I did for the most part today was repent, mm. repentance is some daily progress in the way. Mm. If what I'm doing most of the day is saying, man, going back to my girls and saying, mommy was mommy sinned. Let's pray for mommy in this. That is some daily progress in the way. Um, And so you're not able to repent unless the spirit of God is working in you to will and to work. Mm. So even if most of your day is filled with repentance. Yeah. Go ahead and, and press on. So if all you're doing is crawling, crawl. Yes. If all you're doing is limping limp, maybe there are some people who are running or maybe there are seasons in which you're running and other seasons you're crawling, whatever it is, persevere, persevere. Totally. Persevere. I deserved. Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's just get real, Nana. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my, my uh, daughter, my three-year-old and I were trying to nap upstairs and we're at grandma's house in Texas. Mm-hmm. And so, you know how that goes sometimes mm-hmm. when you're in a new environment. Mm-hmm. And I was, I dealt harshly with her. And mm-hmm. even as you're speaking, I'm like, man, I need to repent because I did not want my heart to grow cold in repentance. I knew in that moment, this is not the way I should be interacting with her. Mm-hmm. And yet, just allowed it to pass by. And so I'm thankful even now for you reminding me of that, that I might have the opportunity to to walk in repentance and model that for her. And really genuinely, just more than that, walk in it for my own, for the sake of my own soul. So thank you. And I think that's the beauty of us walking again in community and doing life together under the word of oh, God, yes. as you've mentioned, because, yes. yes, yes. you know, even this morning I was reading Psalm 119 and I'm just thinking what a cool thing would it be for me to just go through Psalm 119 and pray that over myself every day because mm-hmm. there's just so many verses in there. If you're if you're listening and you're longing for somewhere to start, just go through Psalm 119 and mm-hmm. begin to pray these things. Incline my heart to your testimonies, not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things. Give me life in your ways. You know, there's so many the prayers of the psalmist that we can just cry out to the Lord and ask him to ignite this passion in our hearts to walk in holiness and in godliness. So what is the joy, Nana, of doing this? Like, what is the joy of being sanctified? Mm -hmm. So the joy of being sanctified, I think of it as a foretaste Mm. of Revelation Mm. 21, when we are fully in his presence. It says that Psalm 16, 11 says in thy presence is fullness of joy in thy right hand. There is pleasures forevermore. Um, and so, so someone who, uh, was formerly re- dead, brazen 
sinful, enabled by the spirit to repent and now in union with Christ uh, and being progressively conformed to look like him every time um, I every time I look a little bit more like Jesus, mm. uh, it's a foretaste of that perfect, sinless, righteous person who is going to dwell forever with Christ. It's a foretaste of what's, what's going to happen. It's, uh, so uh, even when we remember before Genesis 3, right, Adam and Eve who yeah. dwelled in the coolness of the day, walked with the Lord uh, in perfect obedience and fellowshiped with him, sin broke that up and sin uh, separated and messed all of that up. Um, and in, in his work of redemption through his son, God is making us and progressively walking us towards and will ultimately glorify us towards that new creation, right? That yes. new creation that's coming. Uh, and so that's the joy. Um, it could, it's really easy to twist sanctification into something that's just me doing stuff for God. Totally. Uh, to twist it into, into um, self-righteousness, to twist it into legalism. But God wants more than that. He wants my heart. He wants my love. Uh, he wants me to treasure him and delight in him and abide in him um, and no fullness of joy, right? No full joy in his presence. Mm. Um, and so in our striving to love him and to please him, it's a foretaste of what's going to happen one day. The consummation. Yes. All, an right? even better Eden. If I could frat snap, I would. I'm just so Eden. excited. Even Yes, I long for that day. And I think, oh, goodness, treasuring the gospel, you know, remembering the story that's just weaving its way throughout all of redemptive history that just excites Mm -hmm. us for what Mm -hmm. we're what we're working for. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like this is worth it all. Um, What three resources would you recommend for somebody who's really wanting to grow in godliness and really embrace this process of sanctification? Absolutely. So I hope you'll allow me to do a little bit more than three, but I promise it won't be a whole oh, bunch go, of Oh, go, go, go with it, girl. So, um, <laughs> so, you know, not including the Bible, but obviously the Bible, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> Every week, that's a resource, everyone. Yes, that is your life. It's not idle words. Yes. It's so, um, so I mentioned everyone's a theologian. Yeah. Uh, by R.C. Sproul. I'm excited to I, check that yes. out. I have never read Please anything do. by R.C. Sproul. That's oh, like a confession. Okay. I love this one. Like I, like I said, really high things, but five pages. And yet he does it so well so that you get it. So I love that. Um, of course, the classic uh, Pursuit of Holiness by yes. Jerry Bridges. Um, there's another one, How the Gospel Gets Us All the Way Home, I believe is the, oh, the title for that by yeah. Derek Thomas. I haven't uh, read that, but that sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, and then really quickly, just the little book by Calvin. And they actually gave this free. Yes. At the CGC at, conference. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so a little book on the Christian life by Calvin. Yes. Um, everyone definitely needs to get that. I think it's like $8 on Amazon and you can probably read it for like three on your Kindle, but you definitely want to get the paper copy because you're going to want to right. underline everything. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, Absolutely. Those are great. Thank you. I'm excited to check those out myself. Well, I can't believe it's already been almost our full duration of our time. And at the end of every show, I ask each one of our guests, because I want to get to know you on a more personal level, what are three of your simple joys? Speaking of finding in him the fullness of joy, what are three of your simple joys, Nana? Yeah. So one thing I've been loving lately is Sunday afternoons in between services. Yeah. Just sitting on the couch with my husband. Oh, I love that. Rest. Oh, that is definitely a joy for me. Oh, another one would be, so I love to cook and bake, but I love to cook and bake when the house is really quiet yes. and it's just me in the kitchen. And maybe I'm listening to a podcast or I'm listening to the Bible on audio, yes. but just, there's just something about cooking and baking that I really enjoy that yes. just gives me energy. So, oh, that's um, so fun. Yeah. And then a third would just be my girls, my Deuteronomy five days with them. Just, um, oh, I love that. <laughs> That's really encouraging to hear because when I think about homeschooling, sometimes I'm like, I don't know if I can subject myself to that because it just seems oh, like really it. daunting, but maybe it's the ages of my girls right now. Yeah, no, we love it. And oh, we, that's know, wonderful. We leave the house at some point, so yeah. Yeah, you guys have all the Smithsonian museums, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, DC is <laughs> a great place to homeschool. Yeah. I know, maybe we'll have to move there. I'll have to convince Brooks. If you want me to homeschool, we're going to have to go to DC. Okay, well, if you come, please join. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I'll just, how about this? I'll just, I'll send them to Nana's homeschool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you want to do that. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, Nana, I know that there have been so many influential people on your own journey with Jesus throughout this process of sanctification. And I'd love to hear from you. Who is it that's had the greatest impact on your own journey with Jesus? Without a question, Eric Dulce, my husband. Aww. Yeah. So um, when we met, the first book, he we he he was like, "We're gonna read through R.C. Sproul's Everyone's uh, um, Holiness of God." Oh, so, yes. Yeah. So it's the first book like we read together as like friends. And, yes. Um, yeah. yeah. So I. And that's when you knew you were gonna marry this guy. Yes. Oh, definitely, definitely, <laughs> definitely. So um, yeah. So I feel like who I am today is really. The Lord has used Eric Dulce as a tremendous means for my sanctification. Mm. He is a great discipler, a great encourager, a great person to confess sin to Mm. um, and know that I'll hear the gospel and that I will be left encouraged and not in despair. Mm. He intercedes for me. He loves me. He's He's my best friend. And I am thankful, like when I think of Pilgrim's Progress, I'm like, okay, I have my I have my hopeful. Um, And so, yeah, I'm running the race with him. And and he's definitely the person who's impacted my journey. Wow. Well, that is so encouraging. And I just love you guys from afar. Thank you so much for gifting all the Journey Women listeners time with you today. I am so grateful to have had you on the show. Thank you for having me. What a pleasure this was an encouragement to me. Thank you. Y'all, I really think this stands out as one of the most helpful episodes of Journey Women to date. I'm so thankful for Nana's encouragement to rest in Jesus as he is the founder and perfecter of our faith. You can find the details on everything that Nana and I talked about in the show notes at journeywomenpodcast.com. If you want to talk more about the topic of sanctification, you can hop over to at journeywomenpodcast on Instagram or Facebook. A huge thanks to Chris Mann with Podshaper who edited this week's episode. And lastly, if you're enjoying these conversations, I would love it if you take a few minutes to leave a rating and review on iTunes. Here's one that I found particularly encouraging this week. She said, this podcast has been so incredibly helpful and encouraging in a season of having small kids. It's full of truth and it's gospel focused. Every single topic is tied back to its gospel implications. Praise God. I'm so glad you can hear my heart for the gospel, Emily. Thanks to all of you guys who have taken time to help us connect with other women on their journeys to glorify God by writing a rating and review. It's such a joy to get to journey with you guys. I can't wait to do it again next Monday. Have a great week.